Welcome to Supercast, MCCC GP Training's podcast dedicated to our GP supervisors. Brought to you by MCCC Supervisor Professional Development Team. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Supercast. This time we're recording at the very, very end of 2020, preparing for 2021 and what a year it's been. There, uh, it goes without saying that uh, this year has provided more challenges and uh, need to adapt than I think I can ever recall in my career. Um, so I'm assuming things are much the same for you and uh, on that note, we're going to continue adapting. There's a couple of things that are changing for supervisors in the coming year um, and this episode is here just to give you a bit of an idea, a bit of a heads up and uh, uh, I've got an interview with a couple of uh, very experienced and uh, lovely colleagues, uh, medical educators, um, Dr. Kath Beasley and Dr. Kate Davies. So they're coming up in, in, in a second. Um, and in between, we'll provide you with another little um, uh, teaching tip in terms of uh, how, to, how to incorporate something else into your supervising practice to uh, enhance the role you've got in training our registrars. So welcome, strap yourselves in, and let's start with that first interview. So my um, first guest today is Kath Beasley, who's uh, one of my colleagues at the Metro West office and been an experienced medical educator for uh, quite some time. And uh, I've brought her along to this Supercast episode just to explore a little bit more about how we assess, or partly how we assess our registrars when they're going uh, initially in their, their starting their terms. But before we get onto that topic, I just want to know a little bit more about Kath. I'm going to ask her a couple of quick questions, um, spontaneous, and just see what your responses are. Are you ready, Kath? I am ready, Paul. As ready as you can be. Okay. Well, firstly, um, my question is, are you a chocolate person or a cheese person? If you had to choose one. Definitely cheese. Definitely cheese. If you had to live somewhere for a year, would you choose a treehouse or a boat? Oh, interesting question. Treehouse, I think. All right. If you've got an hour to spare, would you rather read a book, watch a movie, or sit in a bath by yourself? Sit in a bath by myself. Okay. Until I get wrinkly. Uh, um, and the last one here, a bit more professional in terms of the content, would you rather sit through a three-hour Zoom meeting or do a clinical audit? A clinical audit. There we go. All right, we know a little bit more about you. Um, and uh, let, let, look, let's start off. With, we've had the initial assessment and the further assessment already uh, as part of our MCCC's processes to, to look at how registrars are travelling. Um, can you just give us a bit of a summary, just remind us of what's involved and, uh, and uh, particularly from the supervisor's point of view, what, what their role is? Okay, so the um, initial assessment is obviously when registrars start in their first training term and there's in-practice bits and there's out-of-practice bits. The out-of-practice bits are an MCQ with in-topic batches um, and they also do some clinical scenarios at the orientation workshop, which are OSCE-like, I guess. Um, then we ask the supervisors to do a supervisor report, which is based on direct observation of the registrar um, consulting, we get a practice manager report and an early ECTV. So, um, of course, they've been remote recently. Um, and then everything's collated, and we send out a summary to the registrar and their training advisor. And following that meeting, which is around week um, eight to nine, um, we forward on the summary to the supervisor. But of course, if there are real concerns about any of the registrars from the MCQ or from the clinical scenarios, usually that's communicated to the supervisor much earlier, so they've got a bit of a heads up. 
Yeah. And from the supervisor's point of view, does the summary come to them directly or does it go through the registrar? Um, no, the summary comes to them directly. So once the TA, the training advisor, has had their meeting with the registrar, they tick something on their training advisor review meeting um, form and that automatically um, makes sure that the EPSOs send out or the training support officers send out the summary to the supervisor. Excellent. Okay. And so are there been any changes to that or is it similar to what we've done the last couple of years? Um, the only change which is going across all the supervisor reports is that we're actually requesting that the supervisor writes a bit of feedback on the consultations they've observed, mainly so that um, the registrar has got something to reflect on. So a little bit of what the registrar should do more of, what they should be doing less of and what they should keep doing for each of those consultations. And so that will be a new little section in all of the supervisor feedback forms. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like from a supervisor's point of view, it's just documenting what you probably do face to face. You would do a direct observation and probably give some verbal feedback. This just um, allows the registrar to reflect on that later on having it as a written format. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Kath, that's a bit more about the initial assessment. Is the further assessment for the term two registrars the same or has it got any differences? Um, so, a few differences. We um, got rid of the DISC, the Doctor's Interpersonal Skills Questionnaire, a couple of iterations ago um, because it wasn't giving us meaningful information. But what we are doing in 2021.1 is we're trialling, instead of the Practice Manager report, um, an online self-reflection tool that the registrar completes and also a practice feedback tool um, where the practice manager invites four other um, practice staff, hopefully at least two of them being clinical. So that could be a non-supervisory GP or the practice nurse or the practice physio, whatever, as well as receptionists. Um, and they complete an online questionnaire about the registrar. Um, and the registrar receives a collated report from that um, practice feedback tool. And with the idea that they're comparing their own self-assessment with the practice feedback um, assessment and then having a discussion with either the practice manager or potentially the supervisor if there are discrepancies or if there are any concerns. Excellent. Okay. Thanks, Kath. Um, and the for the supervisors receiving information, uh, a bit like the initial assessment for the term one, things i'm assuming it's the same process but it's possibly a, a, a the timeline might be a couple of weeks a bit further down the track yeah that's right and and because it's actually a very small cohort of further assessment registrars um, in 2021.1 we will actually have direct communication with those practices and those registrars about the self-reflection tool and the practice feedback tool particularly because they are new Okay. And I've heard uh, some rumours, well, it's more than rumours, um, uh, particularly from yourself, um, about some changes to the um, the term three registrars. Uh, previously, they didn't have such a, um, a sort of a process, but uh, there's something on the cards. Can you tell us a bit more about that? So we, we trialled a term three assessment in the middle of 2020, mainly because of COVID and concerns about training, patient numbers, experience of registrars. Um, and we're certainly at the moment going to keep that going because, you know, there is still an impact to training from COVID. Um, so this is the registrars, obviously, who are um, commencing term three of training and they are doing a written component. And they, again, we're asking the supervisors to do a supervisor report 
basing on on direct observation of the registrar um, and also uh, that some registrars will be prioritized for an early ECTV based on the results of those two things. Okay, all right. Um, if uh, supervisors want to know more about this or is there going to be a, an, a summary document available? So all the, the dates for both the initial assessment, further assessment and term three assessment and the different components are on the MEL webpage, the front page under policies and forms. So it has all the dates for 2021.1. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for that. I think that gives us a nice little summary and there'll be more information obviously coming out in the new year. I've got one final question about training and this is about you personally. If you were to be trained, would you rather be trained in the Jedi Knight class or a Hogwarts school? Oh, Jedi Knight class. For sure. Um, okay. Absolutely. Okay. There we go. Well, thanks a lot, Kath. And um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. And um, I'm sure there'll be more communication supervisors on that exact topic. Thanks very much. No worries. Now, before we get on to our second interview for this podcast, I want to share with you um, my takeaways from an article that's uh, a little bit old now, 2006 MJA, um, and the title of that was basically Teaching on the Run, uh, Being a Good Supervisor. And I was just noticing in that article, just reviewing it, um, there was a, a little box that had what makes a, you know, a, a junior doctor sort of happy in terms of being supervised. And there were sort of seven key points, and I'll share them with you, and then I'll give you what I feel may be a little takeaway to extend those things. So the, the, the research shows that um, registrars, uh, being you know, junior in general practice, um, uh, certainly value being supported, especially out of hours or where they feel they're more vulnerable. Um, so having that support, no, we've got systems in place to make sure there is uh, supervising availability, um, especially out of hours. But they really make sure, um, you know, we should really make sure that they feel and know that that support's available and not just assume that they are aware of that. They also really value um, being given responsibility for patient care. So they'd love the idea of being responsible, but with the support. They don't want to feel um, overwhelmed and isolated around that. So part of that is the third point about good teamwork, and they really value being part of a team. Uh, general practice compared to hospital the, uh, context is uh, potentially very physically isolating, working in a room by yourself with a single patient um, as opposed to working within a medical team. So having that teamwork within the practice, making sure that they're, they're well-versed in terms of um, being able to speak to the, the reception staff, the physio, the, the practice manager, the nursing staff, whoever it may be in the practice, and really give them a sense of feeling part of a team rather than just feeling, uh, get the sense of, of being an individual doctor in an individual room. Um, one of the things that supervi uh, supervisors can really enhance with the registrars, uh, registrars really enjoy receiving feedback on how they can improve. Um, and we do have professional development on, on how to give feedback more effectively, to make it effective feedback so that there isn't uh, a necessarily a negative feel about it, but more of a, a feel of, yes, I can, I can, this is how I can change, how I want to improve it myself. Um, so making it an effective feedback, which is regardless of whether it's a, in a positive or negative tone, let's um, focus on our skills and making our feedback to registrars effective because I do certainly value the role of that feedback. Um, a couple of other things here uh, was having a supportive learning environment. Uh, I think that goes without saying, but it's important to see what systems you do and put in place in your practice to help foster that learning environment. 
Registrars do like being stimulated to learn uh, rather than just being told what, what the answers are, although the latter is often more timely. Um, there's a lot, lot less uh, learning and education. So being stimulated, uh, questions, the Socratic method, we're really trying to draw out answers by asking questions rather than just telling uh, as, a, as a teaching tool. Um, and the last of our um, little tips about what makes uh, our registrars happy would be having a supervisor who takes a personal interest in, in them. So uh, I think most of us will do this quite well in terms of getting to know our registrars, but just make sure that we do have some systems in place for um, ourselves and our practice teams to get to know each other um, uh, without getting too intrusive. So out of all that, that was a little the, the few things that seem to make um, our junior medical staff more, more pleased uh, with their workload and how they're going about that. My suggestion would be... Um, maybe at the start with orientation coming up or, you know, early in the term, um, just set aside a time and actually overtly write down or discuss um, with the expectations of both parties. Get the registrar to think about what your role as supervisor is and get them to maybe write it down or tell you how they feel the supervisor, what the role is. Um, and similarly, you can write that what you feel the role of the registrar is in that, in that partnership. And then share and listen and share and make sure that you're on you're on the same page so there aren't expectations that don't match with reality because we know when expectations don't meet reality that's when disappointment and, and problems can occur so maybe one way to troubleshoot some of those issues maybe just you know having a little meeting uh work out what the expectations of those things are and uh Again, just focusing on systems in place to make sure our registrars get the most of their term with you and vice versa. You get the most of your registrar who can be happy in the workplace um, and and in, in a good learning environment. Now, let's get on to our second of the two interviews. All right, welcome everyone um, to our second of uh, interviews for this podcast, this episode. Um, and I'd like to introduce you all to, if you haven't already met her, the wonderful Kate Davey. Hello, Kate. Hello, Paul and everybody else. For those that don't know, Kate, what's your role? Why am I talking to you? Okay. I'm a medical educator with MCCC and I'm the lead um, educator in the supervisor professional development sort of portfolio, if you like. I'm also a supervisor in northeast Victoria. Excellent. And uh, you've had uh, quite a few months of experience, months as in probably hundreds of months and many, many years, if not decades, of experience in this yeah. area. Don't make me sound too old, Paul. No, no I'm trying to avoid, trying to avoid that. Um, uh, before we start, I want to just ask you a few questions. Um, I want to start off with uh, a training question. If you were to repeat medical school, do you want to go to the school run by Jedi's or Hogwarts School of Medicine? Uh, I'd go to Hogwarts because I want to play Quidditch. Okay. Very, yes, um, that would be amazing to be able to fly and chase a ball, or a, 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 not a ball. Get, avoid, avoid those. A seeker is and, uh, what I'd want to chase. Seeker, that's what you're chasing. Thank you for reminding me about uh, Harry Potter. Um, uh, second question for you: Yeah, you a cheese person or a chocolate person? I'm a cheese person, Paul. Nice, Ooh, okay. creamy brie. Thank you very much. Uh, this is the, we should call this a cheesy podcast because we've got two people who love their cheese more than chocolate. I'd probably stick to the chocolate on myself too, just to balance things out. Um, now, um, if you had an hour spare, would you prefer to read a book, watch a movie, or sit in a bath by yourself? Uh, I'll read a book. Thank you, Paul. Very good. Um, if you had to live somewhere for a year, would it be in a treehouse or on a boat? That's an interesting question. Probably the boat. All right. Okay. Is there a reason why? Yeah, because I'm going to do that in my retirement if I ever get that far. Okay, yeah. I think a treat house doesn't give you as much freedom of adventure potential. No. Well, it's, and life's a bit different now, isn't it? But anyway, I'm still planning on a boat at some point. 
Yeah, you won't get sick. You won't get seasick in a, a treehouse, by the way. No, I know, and I get terribly seasick. So you know, <laughs> it's all about what you want to do, though. What you want to see. Yeah. Now, one of the things we've, uh, one of the reasons we've, we've got you on today is just to um, outline um, what's now been developed and and formalised in terms of our supervisors having a professional development framework and what that sort of what that looks like. So, can you just guide us through, you know, what, what it looks like? Okay, so so for twenty twenty one, we've we've revamped our policy, our supervisor PD policy, and you'll all be familiar with how we used to do it, where we expect you to do a certain number of hours per annum that was specifically um, aimed at improving your ability to be a supervisor. And we felt that that was actually very difficult for us to track and actually quite difficult for lots of our supervisors to complete. So we've looked at the problem in a slightly different way and decided that every supervisor in MCCC uh, in uh, needs to be, we need to be able to say to our uh, learners that every supervisor has a, a minimum level of competency. And so we're going to run a system where there are now going to be mandatory modules for all of us, me included, to, to complete over a three-year um, time frame. Now, this won't match with a college, uh, either college triennium. It'll really match with your accreditation of your practice. So we obviously can't really have every practice being accredited at exactly the same time every three years because that would be unworkable. And so it will be staggered. So everyone's three years will run a slightly different way. Yeah, so is it fair to say then when once accreditation comes about, you have expected to complete this in the preceding three years? That's correct. And, and we'll make sure that each year your you and your practice manager get a little prompt to say where you're up to with completion of the modules so you're not suddenly faced at the end of three years to, to do the modules in a, a short time frame. The aim of the modules is, is to to improve our, our abilities to be good supervisors. And so we're looking at four different components. One's about benchmarking, so we actually can understand where our registrars sit. Um, two is about feedback and making sure we have good productive feedback dialogues with our learners. Um, another one is about developing some skills, some um, educational skills, and the final one's about reflection on actually being a supervisor and what it does for us. So these will be um, approximately an hour in duration um, and you will be paid um, for the time that you take. So to make sure that we're equitable with that, we're going to, several supervisors in our footprint have agreed to test drive the modules and we'll work out how long the most supervisors take to do the modules and there'll be a payment attached. So it won't be a payment about how long you personally take it. It will be about an average that reflects what the average supervisor takes. So it might take an hour and we'll pay for an hour. If we think it pay, makes more than that, then we'll pay more. But we're, we're not going to be paying an individual's claim time. You'll be given a, an, an amount per module. Have I been clear with that, Paul? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, it sounds like it's um, consistent and that allows, um, I suppose, the organisation to also sort of predict where the resources need to go and uh, and how much. Yeah. And so every supervisor, whether you're a, a lead supervisor or a secondary supervisor, will need to do these modules in that three-year time frame. So that's the mandatory component of our new PD policy. Additional to that, we have a core. We'll be running a core program, which will run across all the region within all the regions, um, and that that will be a bit similar to what's been happening in the past, where your local regional medical educators will provide um, 
supervisor workshops, whether they're online or face-to-face, is obviously open to a little bit of um, uncertainty at this point. But, but you'll have regional um, workshops so that you can attend your PD and, and undertake PD there. But that's an additional activity. There's a requirement for a practice to send at least one supervisor to one of those meetings in a 12-month period. Um, but we hope that you've all enjoyed those workshops and so will still come and you'll be paid for your attendance at those workshops. Because resources um, in 2021 may not be quite as um, uh, extensive as what we've had in the past, the workshops will be capped. There'll be a, a, um, a total number of attendees that can come. So it may not be possible for um, large groups of supervisors from one practice to always attend, but, but really that's open to negotiation down the track. And um, when it's online, it's actually not quite so difficult. So yeah. that's and I suppose is, I'm thinking about the online format. Is there a, an option for a supervisor to attend a different uh, region's uh, workshop? If that a- absolutely, Paul. And we... We do. We will be advertising what's happening in each each region, and really, we'd encourage people to um, attend other regions' uh, workshops because they may have something that's far more interesting to you. We're really trying to mirror the the self directed type of learning. And if what's running in Metro West is more interesting that's than it's running in Northeast, then uh, I believe that all the people that are running the programs are happy for people to join in. But again, there are only so many people you can have on a webinar and we have to be a bit careful that we don't over um, uh, oversubscribe. Yeah, yeah, sure. And look, I, I understand for next year, we've got each region will be running two half-day workshops per semester. So for the year, that's four half-day workshops. That's right. Uh, and we're planning a whole of MCCC one day, um, I think you've used the term extravaganza, but some, <laughs> some cross-regional, big, big, big organisational uh, event, probably in the latter half of the year. That, that's right, Paul. And at the moment, that's a bit of a work in progress, but, but hopefully we'll be able to um, have multiple streams. So again, lots of opportunity for people to, to actually hear about and learn about um, various supervisory activities that, that interest them. Yeah. So if I can summarise what I've heard so far, um, every accredited supervisor if once uh, per three-year uh, rolling period will have to have completed the, the those mandatory modules, those um, online modules, roughly about an hour or so uh, per module. So that's uh, once every three years as a minimum. Um, yes. And then there's a selective program that uh, every practice must have an attendee per year attend at least one of those sessions um, to ensure the practice is up to date with uh news and other events absolutely Um, we're hopeful that supervisors you know we're running four workshops every 12 months and we're hopeful that supervisors will want to come anyway but there's a a, a base base level which is at least one supervisor from each practice has to attend once in a 12-month period yep gotcha are there any other things that supervisors can do so, so we also have a list of elective opportunities and hopefully over the next 12 months we'll uh, <clears throat> increase those. So looking at things like mentoring groups and some um, peer teaching and you know uh, uh, other activities for people that have particular interests and we're very um, open to suggestion from you and we see that as an elective program and MCCC will try and facilitate or support you to do those things um, but but again, it, it really depends what it is you're planning and what you're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so how would they, if, if I had, if I was advising listening to this episode, thinking, oh, I've got an idea, this is, this, this hasn't been done before, or, or it was done many years ago and it's fallen off the radar. Um, how does, how does a advisor such as myself get that information to the professional development team for consideration? Okay. So, so you can either email directly to myself at kate.davy at mccc.com.au or your regional supervisor PD person, because they'll feed that into us. So, you know, we, we really would value your assistance in this because we can make the best guess about what you might want to be learning about, but really you're in the lived experience and we'd like your opinion and assistance. So we develop a program that actually suits what your needs are. Yeah. And I've had a few supervisors who say, look, I do a lot of professional development. I, I um, help uh, the colleges with their exams and um, I do a number of other things. I, I teach medical students. I do a number of other things that are still within help me as a supervisor, but it's not directly related to MCCC. Are, they, are those activities relevant at all now? But those are incredibly relevant activities, but, but we're no longer needing to count your points. <clears throat> so they're, they're relevant because you'll be a better supervisor because of all that practice and additional learning that you're doing. And learners at any stage will benefit from, from your uh, expertise. But, but you don't need to inform us that that's what you're doing, although we're very interested to hear what you are doing. It's not a requirement to let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And again, uh, the more skills and, and a variety of stuff we, we access in terms of uh, you know, the variety of skill sets that supervisors need to, to um, you know, put into place on a daily basis, uh, I think the, the better for all of us. Correct. All right. So is this... Interesting. Yes, absolutely. Um, is this uh, something that's going to happen soon or is this uh, is it live now? When, when, when is this happening? Okay, so, so we're aiming for this to go live with the new term next year, which I think is the February the 1st next year. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, so those that have listened to the podcast will obviously have heard of this, um, but we'll also be having this available on the, um, on the website and we'll be emailing all practices and supervisors uh, with the same information. So you'll have this in, in paper as well as via this audio format. Um, the advantage of the audio format is you can always rewind and pause and consider and go from that, which you can do on paper as well, I suppose. Uh, Kate, is there anything else you'd like to, to share with us before we, um, we let you go? Oh, just to say, this is a new program and we're, um, you know, a bit of an uncharted territory and we will really welcome feedback. And as I said, we're really trying to build a program that helps you be um, good supervisors. And if we can help in any way, we'd like to know. So feedback is very welcome. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks, Kate. Now, before we wrap you up and let you go, I've got one more question for you. Um, so if you, uh, if there's a four-hour Zoom meeting coming up, would you prefer to be running it or participating as a you know, participant? Four yeah. hours, non-stop, no breaks. Four hours. Um, I don't mind either way. I find four hours is the limit of my ability to concentrate in either spot. But if I present for four hours, I must admit I'm very tired. So there you go. Okay. Either <laughs> way. You... I like both sides of that fence. We can make you unhappy both ways. Excellent. We can, or happy both ways. Depends on the way you look at it. I feel none of us have to subject ourselves to four-hour meetings from here on. Okay. Very good. Okay, thanks, Kate, for joining us. Thanks, Paul. Okay, bye-bye. If you are finding this episode of use, please subscribe to the MCCC GP Training Supercast via iTunes, etc. We value your input and ideas via the usual communication channels or via my email, paul.grinzy at mccc.com.au. Now, thank you for listening to Supercast, MCCC GP Training's podcast dedicated to our GP supervisors. Until next episode from Supercast, happy supervising. Happy supervising.